Hello, welcome to another episode on your journey, your testimony. On this episode, we speak to Abby on Instagram Live, speaking about a God who rescues and restores. So why don't we listen to part one of her testimony? God bless. Hope you all are doing well. I hope you're um, doing excellently well, actually. And I hope you're enjoying the sunny weather in the UK at the moment. So why don't we go ahead and invite Abby, who is um, a life coach, actually. So I'm going get, to get her to tell us about herself and just share her story. Okay, so I'm going to invite Ab- Abby now. Did I say Abby? It's Abby. Actually, not Abby. It's Abby. <laughs> Hello. I was wondering what is happening. Why is this thing delaying or something? I know. I'm like, okay. Like, tech- <laughs> technology works when it works, right? I know. Oh my gosh. Well, thank God. I know. I know. <laughs> and thank you for joining. I know Saturday is actually quite busy for everyone. Mm. And um, Saturday afternoon, especially in summer, when oh, summer yeah. is quite you know sunny and if you want to go out especially at this time exactly. so really i'm um, grateful that you are able to join your journey your testimony oh, no on live no problem. how are you i'm very good thank you very much it's, it's such a beautiful day today i mean the yeah. sun's gone gone down a bit uh, around my area but i'm pretty sure it's gonna come back up again but i'm i'm pretty good feeling good today <laughs> yeah i'm i'm actually happy that um it's not as <laughs> the sun is not out and it's not as hot as it was right? last few days yeah. and i think a few people t- have been talking about rain mm. and kind of hoping and praying that there's the rain's going to come in, um, quite soon mm. so i'm not complaining yeah i'm not nigerian i hate the cold i like the sun <laughs> sometimes i can enjoy the sunshine yeah. in the privacy of my own home right. so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'll say okay, Obi, Abby, um, Abby. I keep calling Abby. I don't know why. Abby, Abby. Yeah. So Abby, um, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself mm-hmm. um, before you share your story and your testimony? Tell us uh, who is Abby. Okay, sure. So I am a marketing executive by day, and I like to say I'm a life transformer by night. So uh, I currently am in the process of starting my life coaching business, which I am okay. focusing more on helping millennials and especially Christian millennials you know, step into the purpose okay. God has called them. Um, oh, wow. Aside okay. from that, I like to write a lot. Um, I write to. I like to go to the gym or try to go to the gym. <laughs> I, I just like to have fun. I'm not. I'm not always too serious, but I'm like to yeah. go and you know do what you gotta do, right? You can't always exactly. be serious twenty four seven. So that's exactly in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you said that, you know, not being too serious, being laid back and just enjoying life, you know what I mean? You know, and I'm also happy that you said that you're starting, well, not starting, but, you know, you're going to be a life coach for millennials. I think a lot of millennials need that, actually. So well done to you on on starting that and... I, I pray that it's 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 really helpful for millennials and to just provide that, that a life transformation mm-hmm. coaching mm-hmm. that that they need. Of so course. thank you for that. That's okay. Thank You're you very for welcome. that. You're very welcome. Um, 
Now, <laughs> let us now talk about your story, Ebi. Oh, where do we start from? I keep saying if I go really deep into details about the story, we could write series of books, but I'm oh, trying to be wow. um, as in a summarized version as I can. Right. Okay. So, where do you want me to start from? Just point me to the right direction and then... I, I don't know. I'll say start from the beginning. <laughs> Although I don't know what the beginning is, but um, yeah, so start from the beginning and we just, wherever you think the beginning is, and then we just take it from there. Okay, okay. I think, yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to take you back to 2015. So 20, actually, 2014, I graduated from university in my first degree, and then I came home in 2015, and I was in the process of, I guess, you know, searching for jobs, etc., working in different places. And in after my 22nd birthday, I had what I thought was flu. I had what I thought was a cold, right? And you know, you live in Britain and you just think, oh yeah, within a couple of days it'll be over, yeah. you know. But that yeah. began, you know, something else. But prior to that cold, actually, I did have a dream. And when I woke up from the dream, I was, you know, scared. I was like, if I die now, am I going to go to hell? you know type of thing so um started off with a flu and then it sort of went to the point of i couldn't sit still in a room like the lights would be so harsh on my eyes it had to be turned off i had to be i had to have a mask and that would prevent the light to be harsh on my face and you know doing so many different tests i don't know how many pregnancy tests that they carried wow. out you know uh, and i said to myself listen guys jesus is not coming back in human form it's impossible so um, and he's just um taking that position and then eventually in august of that 2015 um i was admitted to hospital however before i was admitted to hospital um, my sister and my mom traveled right and i'm the kind of person that i don't fall sick um none of my family members have slept a day in the hospital you know prior to that um it was just you know mind-blowing trying to figure out like what's happening here right and um i guess when that was happening there was a lot of confusion and then you know i was at home the whole day because the medication that they gave me was so making me so drowsy at first i thought i had infection then they thought i had vertigo and all sorts and i know by this point i still have has hallucinated as well I couldn't sleep by myself. I remember one day I told my sister, can you sleep with me, please? Mm. I couldn't sleep mm. like, I could not. I was so afraid. I was so scared. And um, my mom, you know, my mom went to work that day. And then when she came back and I came downstairs, she was trying to check up with me. My sister saw that my face, part of it had fallen, like someone had a stroke. Stroke, yeah. yes. So it was like it went from flu to that, like how, right? And um, they called the ambulance. The ambulance did what they needed to do. I was rushed into the hospital, and it was just um, test upon test, trying to find out different things, you know, trial and error. 
and you know doing all sorts there was a point in my life I even had like a tube stuck in my nose because I couldn't chew or swallow I was totally bedridden and one thing I really so are you saying that at this time when this was going on the doctors actually didn't know what the problem was no they didn't know what the problem was no idea and they'd done all these tests they'd done all these checks and they had no idea they had no what was going on right so they you know it was a matter of oh let's try this and then they try it and it doesn't it's you know it's not it's not what the problem was right so um one thing that happened in like the um ward where I was staying at first the person who was there wasn't really helpful she wasn't taking care of me and my mom and my sister had to be rotating to come and stay with me in the hospital it was just a matter of I just felt like you know I'm dependent on people and I don't like feeling like I'm dependent on people and you know I remember my mom was asking different questions because my auntie and uncle they are um, medical doctors although they are based in america so they were prompting Mm. different questions and um, based on those questions they were trying different things etc and i remember my mom made said that she prayed she said god take away the people who don't know what they're doing and bring me the people Mm. who know what they're doing because i'll tell you what happened Uh, they wanted to take a fluid out of my spinal cord to do a test i think i was poked about three or four times before they got it it was like the most uncomfortable thing ever i mean they had an aesthetic going on but it's like being in a certain position you know before they got it it was just you know terrible and thankfully i had my mom there who was supporting me but she made that prayer because at this point as well um i couldn't see with my left eye and i could like part of my right eye was partially blind as well so it was just a matter of like if you saw me you just say this girl she's dying you know it was just completely like there was nothing you know that could be done sort of and i remember in my sick bed in my head i'll be like god help me save me what am i doing here you know like i couldn't even talk i had slurred speech i couldn't write right it's like someone who's trying to write but it's almost like as uh nasty scribbling like you're scribbling you know i couldn't write i couldn't articulate anything at all and i have to say that prayer i think it was either that same day or the following day this professor who was not meant to be in the hospital he was supposed to be on annual leave or something but he decided to come in and check a few things and whilst he was checking it he just wanted to go around the wards and just you know the other doctors were telling him about different cases and now they came um, to my ward you know but i'm pretty sure god directed them to come to my ward and, a helper yeah exactly god oh sent me an angel god. and yeah. you know he just took a look at me they explained to him that they took a look at me and then you know he asked them have you done a plasma exchange and they said no so he ordered for a plasma exchange immediately and if you don't mind my asking what what is a plasma exchange so (laughs) no it's okay a plasma exchange essentially they're taking out the damaged i guess blood 
from my system and replacing it and cleaning it out so they use a machine to do that i'm not medical term so i don't know the exact medical mm. um, explanation mm. for it from, but mm. from my understanding they're basically taking out your blood and they cooking it up into the machine and cleaning it out and putting it back into wow. your system essentially oh, wow. yeah so that's what um it was about so he ordered for that and as soon as they did the first one they figured out what was wrong so apparently there were part of my brain cells that was supposed to be you know protecting you from like a bacterial viruses and things like that however they were basically fighting my body system so it's like your body was attacking your body so uh, it's, it was called neuromyelitic optica and i was also partially paralyzed by my left side so it was just um terrible you know i mean having a having the name of a disease that long you just wonder like okay what's how the heck did this happen because it's such a rare disease that one in a hundred thousand people get that you know oh my god and it's crazy i think after that i just started getting better right but it wasn't because of the doctors or whatever. I remember I was constantly hooked onto prayer, like prayer services on my phone. Even though I couldn't speak or I couldn't pray, I'll pray in my head and I'll tell God, I can't be here. You have a purpose for me, right? There's no way you brought me this far just to bring me this far. You have a plan for my life. And I'll tell, tell God, oh, I promise if you take me out of here, this is what I'm mm. going to do, etc., etc. So now, fast forward a couple, maybe about a month or two after I was discharged of hospital, and I was able to come home, right? So I just let me back backtrack a bit. So remember, I said I was totally bedridden, so I couldn't use my legs or anything like that. Mm. Wheelchair, you know, getting better. So um, after this plasma exchange, I think it was a couple weeks later, I was then taken to a rehab center, which is where you know you get, I guess you learn how to walk again, you do all the yeah. things again, yeah. you know. So yeah. I, it was like a baby trying to, you know. <laughs> Become an adult again. I know what you mean. I've seen it. You know, I've been there. So, so (laughs) I know what you mean. So it was different emotions going through when I'm like, God, you have to help me. You have to, you know, do this. And I was very fortunate. I had um, at that time I was going to a church called El Shaddai in um, Golden Green, and a lot of them they were constantly coming to see me, to pray with me, you know, Mm. to encourage me and things like that. So that was amazing, and I guess. it also sped up the process because according mm. to my uncle who came to see um, us at that time he said i had lost was it 85 percent of my brain cells or something like that which was absolutely yeah which is crazy which makes sense of the slurred speech and the coding writing and you know yeah. not yeah. so your body have your body been affected exactly, by that yes exactly because it really um sorry to interrupt you really when you were t- talking about this and i'm um, you know familiar uh, with having a stroke and you know how it lo- what it looks like and you, you, half your body sometimes mm-hmm. all, all the time mm-hmm. is affected mm-hmm. so when you said that I was like oh surely that's that stroke you mm-hmm. know what I mean mm-hmm. but I didn't know that it was something neural yeah something obviously yeah. um yeah so I was gonna I'm gonna ask a question if you don't mind um 
was there uh was there i don't know what, what if it's in london this happened mm-hmm. or if you're outside london i had to go to a hospital outside london mm-hmm. why is there any reason why you didn't consider we didn't consider moving you to another hospital um given that they were really not so great in terms of uh, the service they provided in the hospital so it wasn't the hospital per se that was issued it was the staff that was dealing yeah with me at that yeah. time <laughs> okay yeah. this thing yes so i mean i guess people do a lot of these things for money and some people really have a passion for it which yeah, i understand absolutely. you have to do what you have to do to get money however i've always said when it comes to things like care if you don't like the job just you know don't do it because it's something you're dealing with life and death here you yeah. know you i mean it's like the first time that she put the tube into my nose it was very you know haphazard it was very like oh she doesn't know she should put it in or stuff it was very painful i literally was in tears the first time and then um i guess you know after like a couple of days it was sort of coming off and then they need to change it and you know it was just terrible i mean the whole attitude as well it was just like they don't care like there will be days when i wouldn't even have a they wouldn't even give me a shower because obviously i can't shower by myself and then be like when my sister comes or my mom comes and ask me if they clean me up and i say they know that they go and you know do it so it was the staff it wasn't the hospital you know the hospital was supposed to be one of the top hospitals in london right so it is a royal what's it called Royal London Hospital right so it was one of the top hospitals mm-hmm. in London and uh, it, it was just the staff unfortunately you know but I guess after that prayer you know we just God just brought the right people around me you know moving mm-hmm. to where they could keep an eye on me you know constantly and I met so many amazing nurses when they moved me to the ward I have met this nurse and um, she's a white lady I, I think at that time she was seeing a Nigerian man or something and she understood the culture mm. she understood how the I culture felt. yeah like she would just you know every time when they brought food to me and I say I want this I don't want this she would make sure that I'm fed you know all these things to just actually take care of me you know even the times when I, I'm just looking at the four corners of the hospital she'll wheel me outside get some fresh air do all this thing it's just like god answering prayers you just you know, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I do actually like what you said about your church were actually yeah. uh, praying for you. Yeah. And it's amazing because to, I have to say till to, to date, I know and I, I understand because I was unwell 2020 and I, yeah. I was in hospital for I was in hospital for three months as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, I understand the power of prayer, mm-hmm. you know, having people around you who are yeah. supportive of you, who pray for you. Yeah. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing what happens when you have people praying for exactly. you, going to God for you, and God sends help. God always sends exactly. help. Exactly. Even in my time, He sends so was so so <laughs> so many people to help yeah. me. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so take care of your story. You said that you 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 are now um in rehab, a rehab rehabilitation center, and you're going to rehab to walk and to. Did it affect your speech as well? So yeah, it did yeah, affect it your speech. Yeah, my speech. 
in the beginning, so I couldn't, I would just slurred speech, I couldn't pronounce words properly, I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell people, oh, this is what I want to eat, they wouldn't understand me, you know, but fortunately, I had people around me who were very patient, like my family members, mm-hmm. who would try to understand what I'm trying to say, and then I'd give them a thumbs up, or like, no, that's not what I meant, mm-hmm. and I'll, you know, try to explain it, so, I mean, first, like, I was supposed to, um, getting better from six months and above but within four months i came home which is a miracle on its own wow yeah and you know life was good i started working you know god told me to leave london i left london and i moved to birmingham and i love birmingham and this was where i encountered uh, a different shift because where i was going to in birmingham i felt like something was missing there was not enough mm-hmm. to get power and stuff like that so god brought me to a different church and i was focused on prayer etc okay. so i'm gonna ask a question yeah. because you just said in when you're going to church in birmingham then not in the there was not enough power what 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 does that actually mean what do you mean by that it was more like there was no focus on prayer as much as I okay. thought they should have. So it was a good church. There was prayer, there was praise and everything. But it was, I don't know how to explain it. I guess for me at that time, I needed more, right? Um, Fair enough. So um, that's, that's why I felt that there was not enough power for me. I mean, when I say power, I mean like you know prayer you know spending time in praying 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 kind of thing obviously you should do that for yourself but it helps when you have a church that a community is that actually exactly. focuses on prayer exactly. yeah yeah so um i mean to royal house and then everything was fine it was good and then unfortunately covid hits so when covid happened in when was it 2020 right mm-hmm. so it happened 20 in 2020 yeah. i was fortunate i was working from home but i'll just go to the shop here and there with a mask on and everything that's fine the whole of 2020 i did not have covid by the grace of god you know yeah. like i even came to london at one point and um everything was fine i came home did test negative you know i'm fine 2021 now when they've lifted lockdown when you know i think should be going back to normal the devil struck again and at first i didn't even know i had covid like it was just normal right because i was living in a shared house whilst i was in birmingham as well and um i just you know, I'll go out to the shops, come home, work. That's that was my routine. And then I came to London once um, to do a filming with a friend of mine. When I was going back, I felt like I had headache or and I had caught a cold because that night I left the window open throughout the night because I was really cold. So I thought I caught a cold because I, you know, left the window open and I had a headache and I took paracetamol and I thought it was fine it wasn't like a massive headache so I couldn't even tell what it was it just felt like a slight headache so I just thought okay you can just brush it off I went back to Birmingham working but the funny thing is like maybe three days later or something it was just draining just you know I just felt weak and I just felt like 
you know, having a headache, I was coughing. I felt like this was flu, but it was like an enhanced version of flu. And I just didn't understand it because I could still taste food, I could still smell things. So I thought there's no way this is COVID anyway. And I didn't have the um, test the kids thing, whatever. So a friend of mine who was living with me at the time as well as in the shared house, um, she brought the test the kid because she saw the way yeah. I was and you know she was like you know you're not well and she knows me to live with me before you know like mm. she knows when I'm not well and with me I'm I was very stubborn when I'm like no I'm not sick I'm fine you know and it's like you push yourself you push yourself you push yourself and it's like behave yourself and just accept the help right so the way yeah and it was me (laughs) the way I knew that you know this was not um this was not anything minor was number one I lost my appetite and you bring me food upstairs and I only have one or two spoons and I don't want to eat anymore and I remember like I was in the process of moving back home because God had told me it was time to move to London prior to me having um, COVID. I was in the process and everything and my sister was supposed to come and help me as well but then she was working and I didn't want to bother her but I explained the whole thing and then my friend has to travel to Nigeria you know to see her family so mm. it was just like she made me take three tests of the COVID stretch and all of them came out negative. So I'm just like, what is going on? I don't understand. But then wow. there was one night I slept and I woke up in the middle of the night and I basically threw up, but it was just liquid. Oh. And I'm like, okay, Evie, this is not normal. <laughs> you know, this is not normal. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. my sister was coming the following day so she came and then like i was so tired i was so weak like when she was even the where i lived at that time it was not even like a straightforward place so i had to be awake until she came which was like around oh, 11 or 12 midnight and, oh, wow. and i go to sleep way before then usually you know like i was so weak i was so tired and eventually when she came because i had booked the van a moving van and everything mm. it was a but when she came and she saw me she was like uh-uh there's no way you're traveling like this so yeah she, because you're well exactly yeah. but my own stubbornness did not believe that i was so well <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem so cancel the van and everything and then i called the ambulance the ambulance came they did a few tests and they did an oxygen test and they found that that the oxygen in my system was like 55 percent wow it was meant to be i believe 90 and above for normal wow. or even 92 i don't know it was 55 percent like i was dying and i did not know i was dying you know and when i went to the hospital when they took me to the hospital and they, they did the test that was when they found out that it was COVID. when i kept hearing always oh, COVID. I was like, this is a you cannot be COVID. I did the test three times. You know, you cannot be COVID. But she was asking me so many different questions and you know, 
about my health, you know, did my family members have anything, like, there was so much, you know, questions, you know, and one of them was to do with the kidney and passing you, and wow. I was like, I've never had trouble in my life, you know, passing you and stuff, but I guess because COVID got into my body, it affected me so much that um, I couldn't even do normal functioning things that any other normal person would do so for example um i couldn't pass urine by myself i couldn't wow it was it just it was just um so bad i don't want to be i I don't want to be too graphic here i mean i I mean i'm just thinking you had that experience we we just you just shared yeah and then now this exactly it wasn't even like oh no one or two years or three years you know it was like Okay, 2024, 2025. Okay, oh, obviously it was five years later, I think. Yeah. Five years later? Yeah, yeah. from 2015 but, to about 2021. Yeah, 2015, yeah. 2021. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. And, you know, obviously your body's recovered, mm-hmm. you're getting back to normal, mm-hmm. and then this happens, exactly. and you're back in the hospital again, exactly. and then telling you all these different things. Exactly. You know, it just, that, what did you, what do you think was going on at that time in your mind? You know, like, seriously, you're back in the hospital again you're faced with, with this whatever they call it covid um mm. looks like a flu but it's not a flu yeah and you know i don't know how how long you stayed in the hospital this time how long were you were so you in was, had admitted yeah, this time around i come to that actually so um <laughs> i guess um, because the church i was going to at this time right they have taught me a lot in terms of praying like we pray almost like three four times a week and stuff like that so my spirit man learned how to really pray and really battle right and um whilst i was in hospital i would literally as much as i can connect online services you know listen to gospel service you know keep praying and telling god this and that you know i learned i guess how to be violent in my prayer so one thing i would do i'll ask them to give me a bottle of water or a cup of water i'll turn that into the blood of jesus and i'll be drinking it and i'll tell god what i want so they put in a catheter and they put in a lot of other stuff i had was on drip and everything and obviously number one the catheter was very uncomfortable so i said to god i want this taken out i will pray my mom will call me we'll pray you know mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do those declarations and i'll pray over it believe me when i did that literally within two days it came up because the doctor came wow. to see me the next day and then i explained to him this and then he was like oh i think we can take it out now it's fine <laughs> and i'm just like god wow. speedily answers you know answers with and it's like you know all this thing eventually i think the whole summer is i stayed in the hospital for one month and came Mm -hmm. out of the hospital you know i didn't even at this time and i hadn't had a vaccine you know and and even that made me even more scared i was saying to myself oh i should have maybe taken the vaccine why was i so stubborn you know i'll see people there and like i was in icu I would, it was like such a mad experience and there was a point like when I started recovering I noticed that my body was shedding like my skin was coming off and I remember telling my sister I'm beginning to shed like my dog because we have a husky and he sheds during the summer and stuff and I'm like my skin is shedding so I don't understand what's going on 
But I remember wow. asking this doctor, he was like, you've been through a lot. Your body has been through Your a lot. But in that body, time, yeah. I did not understand what he was talking about. What do you mean? Like, I didn't go through surgery or anything like that for me to say my body's been through a lot. But it's like, it, it didn't feel like that because the hand of God kept me, right? So whilst I was in hospital this time in 2021, obviously because of COVID, nobody's come see me my family couldn't come see me so it was literally me myself and god so this is how you need to know okay what's just happening right here i have no support i have nobody to turn to yes i can call my mom on the phone and stuff but it's not the same as seeing her in person Exactly. But then I remembered, you know, the scripture which said, like Job was saying, even if you slay me, yet I will trust you. So I had to ask myself, do I trust God? Even if God says, I'm not healing you and I want you to come home, do I still trust him that the purpose of my life, he will still somehow fulfill it? Do I still trust him that somehow, like, a miracle will happen and, you know, whatever he has destined for my life would happen it will come to fulfillment so i have to say i trust you god i trust you god no matter what no matter what it looks like i trust you 100 percent but obviously i told god this is what i want i want you to take me out of here and i know i promised you last time this is what i'm gonna do but this time around i promise you i am going to you know do x y and z and yes, it's taking me a long time to get there because I really feel deep in my heart. The first time I was on the sick bed and I and God brought me out, it was because He yeah. wanted to use my story to bless and touch a lot of people. Absolutely, but absolutely. Fear is a tactic of the enemy that people don't understand. You know, I was so yep. afraid for so long. Oh, what will people say? People will look at me as in a certain type of way. Even yep. before I reached out to you and I was thinking about this for years, you know, to come on a podcast to talk about this. I was like, what will people say? People will judge me. People will look at me like I'm some weak person. But I'm like, you know what? The devil is a lie. I refuse to be afraid anymore. I'm going to share my story. And because I know, like, God, God, like, God, use whatever the enemy thinks is using to destroy you for his glory for his goodness and i'm here today because you know i spent time in the hospital you know in prayer you know taking the water i'll tell god as i'm drinking it i'm drinking the blood of jesus anything that is not right with me i is flushing out of my system it's you know i kept making those declarations i kept saying all these things you know i would even there was a time like I connected to the online service in church, I didn't even realize that my camera was on and it was on and then they could see all the, you know, wires and everything because I didn't want wow. people to be scared. I was just, it was just like so much. It was just crazy experience. I This is not something I would even wish my worst enemy went through. But that's one thing. Like God allows um certain things to come our way because he's using it to equip your faith he's using it to make you stronger you know absolutely